Hello and welcome to Dungeonomicon. We design Dungeons and Dragons for Dungeons and Dragons. I'm James. I'm Harrison. Sid. Cool. Today we're gonna try and do two, maybe. See what we can do. Yeah. You mentioned right at the end of last time about our duck one and our yeah. four seasons one. Yes. Yeah. So we've got, I've got the stuff made for the duck. Um. <coughs> also, revisit the Janice one at some point as well if we get an idea for it. Yeah. Because I love that, you know, that whole switching idea is going to be sort of paramount to that sort of dualistic dungeon. But aside from that, I don't have anything to populate it with. Uh, we'll see about that. We can figure it out. Sorry, uh, all of a sudden, I, or poorly organized and stuff. I did it. <laughs> like, I, I keep a lot of crap. <laughs> I, I got well. demonic do and dachshunds. <laughs> <laughs> might as well talk over your sorting then, because I had that, yeah. you know been working on the the season one in various iterations for you know a couple years because i always think yeah. it's a cool idea to do but yeah, i no, had an idea to combine it with um the sort of my pressure flow hypothesis tree as well which you've been subjected to yeah. in the past in an earlier draft of okay i like that idea of um for those who don't have to learn this for exams it's the idea how uh, uh, water goes uh, from the ground up to the air through trees is because of this uh, pressure differential and that's called the transpiration hypothesis and then there's the pressure flow hypothesis that the tree itself can generate uh, large quantities of sap uh, high sugar sap to redirect that water flow uh, yeah. to to areas where it's uh, needed and it can then be deposited in sort of young leaves or, or places where it needs to heal yeah. this sort of active process and i thought that would be a cool no, no it, it is and it's plants are very plants are something we oftentimes think of as being very simple mm. but they're actually incredibly complicated and incredibly weird yeah um <clears throat> so the idea would be you know that's it's a semi-underwater semi-forest dungeon because you have to transverse the various waterways these elevators that are sort of constantly push, pushing and pulling up uh, and you can do that by yourself collecting enough uh, sugar crystals, I imagine, just like big, you know, <laughs> to overcome the flow and redirect it. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, so you'd have sort of, imagine, six passageways branching from the center, six routes, and each one of them would be its own, you know, series of rooms and traps, mm. whatever, but the water starts off either flowing towards you out of that way or, or to that way, because there's already um, stores of energy crystal that way. So yeah. you've got three ways you can go, three ways you can't go, because they're forcing the water against you and trying to push you up. And, you know, you can have uh, a colony of myconids uh, as the tree's mycelial network that aid in redirecting the both the water and the nutrients around the tree, if you can get them sort of on your side, you bring hmm. these little myconids with you, escort them to various places in the dungeon, you can have oh, them no. redirect the water yeah oh no an escort mission exactly. i mean I, i'm sorry there are there are certain there's certain reactionary aspects of you know, game design and people always have a real hatred of escort missions and mm. it's like the problem with or the reason a lot of people have that knee-jerk reaction is a lot of people have done them incredibly poorly yeah absolutely and the worst way to do an escort mission is in a way where you're creating the option that you can affect the plot, but you can't. It's you. You need to take this little girl to yeah, you know, from point A to point B. Computer AI pathing is not <clears throat> nowhere near what it needs to be usually for that sort of yeah. things to work. You have like other good examples, or Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite, who does nothing except hand you ammo when you're out. <laughs> 
like just non-stop good and also drives the plot being an interesting character yeah uh, and then you've got the bad examples like from your resident evils and stuff yeah and whatnot. well you know there, there's also the annoying the annoying sidekick like you know um was ashley from the resident evils who just constantly screamed the, the character's name every yeah. time there was a monster nearby which yeah. is all the time yeah so you know and it was like get in the trash can so the monster can't see you you know there's there's that there's also um you know escort missions where they try to give you the appearance of agency but you can't hmm. you know the the person you're escorting will always be kidnapped and then you've got to go rescue them yeah um there's no way around it that. does speak of like yeah. speak to railroading a lot yes. yeah which you can easily right. get sucked into with dnd but also right. if you're conscious of it it cannot be and well yeah. i mean or if you if you can make it believable yeah it, the thing is is when you have somebody who provides you know, provide you a situation and it's like yeah and then 10 more get you you beat that you beat the five guys and you see that you're the person you're you're taking care of hmm. and then 10 more guys jump out and you can't you know, yep. and they, they you know, one of them runs away instantly or one of them grabs them and teleports away it's like son of a bitch yeah, this <laughs> you know, was always going to go yeah. this way yeah and and that, you know that's bad that's railroading in a bad manner hmm. because it's you know you know if you're going to remove the the if you're going to remove the agency you should just be like you know, all of a sudden you hear them scream and you watch as you know as a man in dark clothes gra- wraps his arm around and poof, yeah disappears you you know you 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 give them the, the thing like no this is a plot thing yeah. and now what do you do this is yeah and you relies on trust and all that right. good stuff yeah microphone's and, very sensitive today it seems like strange yeah. got a good a lot of variance in this oh well um, yeah, but that's just one such example because yeah. mycelial networks are very important to trees. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um. <laughs> well, I thought that might as well be its own dungeon because I thought if you were doing a seasonal thing, you'd have different directions of the um, pressure uh, going in different ways at different times of the year, and it got too complicated very quick. So I just thought, let's not do that, and let's just do the seasons, and each one has something wrong with it from another season, there's something wrong from summer and winter and vice versa, mm. there's something wrong in spring and autumn and vice versa, because they're the hot, cold, life-death sort of um, yeah. things. Um, no, but I, I think the idea of a seasonal tree dungeon is really interesting. Um, you know, the idea that there's uh, essentially to, you know, I think we talked about, you know, there's something you have to do or destroy. Yeah. I, I like puzzles that are sort of part of the level, big puzzle dungeons, like where the puzzle is what's wrong with the whole thing. Yeah. Not one room where it's like there's a guard who asks you a, a riddle from a, a child's book for some reason. Yeah, no. Uh, so this is the whatever monster is making this tree sick, some sort of enormous parasitoid yeah. wasp possibly, uh, has aspects and manifestations in every season that are messing it up. So I've got, we'll, we'll go into it and we'll, we'll explore it. I think this would be a good time to test out um, sort of single single hit trap monsters or, or instant monsters maybe is a, mm. a better word for them because there's more and more complicated traps which you know from Xanathar's guide you can roll initiative and they get more complicated and require different solutions every turn yeah. uh, so there can be simpler monsters no, 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 one no. thing I love from Powered by the Apocalypse is you know the you do a hit move uh, you get damage back but it kills the thing so that's a way of summarizing three plus turns for a monster into the exact sort of result yeah I also think there is there is value in like a, a minion type monster where it's like if you can hit it you can kill it yeah but you ha- there is an inherent risk yeah well minions I think are more at home in initiative yeah whereas this would be out of initiative this would essentially go on mar- marching order for a dungeon these would often be sort of sessile uh, monsters that or, or similar 
either very small things like swarms, which I think would be good for this, yeah. or uh, like a, a skull teller from Zelda that drops down from the ceiling, immediately hits you. You can like as a reaction hit back. Uh, you kill each other, but the damage is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take some damage, and it it yeah. cacks. And for this, uh, these sort of. Uh, protuberances aspects or whatever you want to call them of this creature will be um you know non-mobile for the most part okay. they'll be doing some problem but yeah i think you should grab a character so we can test it as well if you want to get funk out or something yeah for single player yeah i can pull out funk yeah he's yeah. soon to be retired but let's yes. get some more mileage out of him yes it's kind of interesting it's kind of exciting that he's gotten to the point where it's like Ugh. yeah yeah <laughs> but it just the story in our, in our game it's just that it got to the point where it's like, nah, he's he's done. <laughs> he has seen the most horrific stuff that hasn't killed him, unlike every other player who has gone through several characters. And, and several of those existing characters have di all died several times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and been brought back by Funkel. Yes. So. No, I look forward to seeing what this new dynamic brings to the team. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Because not only do you have all the healing, you're also the player who knows what it all does. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's true. I am... Well, I mean, not all the healing. Marcus heals. <laughs> yeah. And and Emma, who plays them, our, yeah. our kind of other DM, like, I would say knows a bit more about all the spells and Revivify and everything. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, Funkelt has been the primary healer for a long time. Yeah. And soon it will be Marcus, the bard. Got some oh special, special funk out dice ready to go. Okay, you're in this uh, huge gnarly wooden tree dungeon. It's sort of overgrown various old castles and temples and a city. Uh, it goes into a grove. There's a, there's a huge flooded area just outside where a waterfall crashes down. Uh, and there's a huge face, very Deku Tree-esque, woven out of all the branches. A green man who beckons you, please. I am sick inside your tree. <laughs> Gardener, is that you again? <laughs> <laughs> and you have four doors, north, south, east, west. Each one has a different sort of light radiating out of it. You can tell even at a glance, cold light coming out from the north, hot, warm light coming from the south, uh, uh, fresh, fresh breeze and air coming from the west, and a stench of rotten decay and a sort of uh, auburn light glowing from the from the east. Okay. Well, I think Funkelt's going to go for the winter first because. For him, that would be the worst. That, that makes sense. Yeah, and he's like, the yeah, first or last. Yeah, you can do this. You can do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You come out into the same. I imagine you'd have four big rooms uh, outside this tree dungeon that are basically sixteen rooms because each one is different each season, and you have to worry about slippy, slidey stuff in winter, uh, frozen passageways, uh, all that stuff, sort of blocking it off. Well, do you think we should? Uh, uh, Kelt is a uh, a level eleven. Uh, Cleric of Paylor, yes. who's a lizard folk, yes. who uh, has been through literally everything. Yep. <laughs> Damn near hell and heaven. <laughs> yeah, this should be an easy one for Funko. Ah, yeah. uh, whatever. <laughs> this must be in a giant tree that's trying to kill me. My fr I, this time it's not a friend of mine? <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> so you're in the winter, uh, which starts out all ice and snow, but as you wander around, uh, you can go east or west if you like uh, to sort of navigate this tree. I think the winter would probably come out in the frozen lake area. Okay. But you can see a uh, uh, strange uh, glassy uh, mist uh, in the sky. And where it is, uh, it's warmer and sunnier, and it's raining and melting some parts of the winterscape. Okay. Um, 
Funkhelt would like that to an extent, but mm. also recognize that it's wrong. Yeah. So um, he would cautious, uh, I'll cautiously approach. Yeah, yeah. You can you follow your lizard senses to the warmth <laughs> easy enough, and you can see what looks like this uh, horrific hive bubbled up out of the snow and ice, and you can see it's just a, a summer zone around it, around this extrusion. Sort of the roots of the tree all form the doors and passages of this dungeon. This is growing up out of that. Something burrowed in and manifesting this pulsating hive and it's just releasing greenhouse gases. You can see they're turning the sky into glass, into this terrarium that's just bringing in this heat and warmth in the middle of the winter. So whatever this is, uh, buzzes and pulses as you arrive. Okay. You can feel uh, heat damage uh, sort of building up. Mm. Seems like it will hit soon. Okay. Think all you want because I can cut it out later. Yeah. So, I guess the main question is, how do I get rid of that? <laughs> it looks extremely volatile. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think Funkelt's going to go with a, a, a standard uh, attempt to cast Sacred Flame on it to mm -hmm. see if it will, what happens. Yeah. As that will give him, allow him to be back about 60 feet. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it doesn't waste a, you know, a, a big spell slot, but it will allow him... Yeah. Uh, it, this thing fails its death, deck save, obviously. So, yeah, you should launch uh, this bolt of radiant light into the thing. Uh, there is no no discernible effect. Uh, the, the radiance sort of mingles with the heat energy. Uh, you can't see... It seems like this thing feeds off light and heat energy. Kind of suspected mm. that. Um, <clears throat> uh, Funkelt's uh, spell layout is almost... You know, anything damage-based is radiant. Yep, yep. Uh, or fire. Yep. <laughs> Um, being a, a priest of life in the sun. <laughs> so, what else you got? Um, oh, I do have. If I've got his stuff. Yep. I've got his. Uh, he's got those. Uh, that rocks knife, which has uh, three times different distance throwing knife. Mm. So maybe I'll chuck that. Okay. Yeah. Roll and sack. <clears throat> nice. Eighteen plus that would be Stex. Eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Funkel has a great dexterity of 10. Yeah, yeah, it sinks into this hive. You can now see it's a quite, quite a large object. Uh, if this were sort of a trap monster, it would detonate like here and now. Uh, but I wanted it to be, uh, to show off the boss's vulnerabilities, this thing has to have the elemental vulnerabilities mm. of this sort of uh, dungeon. So the knife sticks in, sort of. Okay, so that won't work. Yeah, you hear a vicious buzzing. Okay. Um... I guess I'll search around the the winterscape for something that maybe would allow me to reintroduce winter hmm. into it. Yeah, make a nature check. Nature check, you say? Yeah. My plus six. 20, dirty 20. Very nice. Uh, uh, you uh, locate a beer hag traveling, uh, very evil creature, uh, ice witch. Mm. Uh, she has a cage full of ice methods with her. Hello there, little one. Could you use some help? Actually... <laughs> Ice methods would be another good trap monster. Yeah. they explode on death anyway. I need to expand the... You know, return this place to winter by getting rid of that infected root. No, I love it. It's very perverse here. It's all broken. I love it. <clears throat> Could you part, give me one of your methods? If you tell me a good story. What's your name there, young man? Funkelt Sunshine. And you no longer remember your name. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> okay. You so. found yourself alone in the snow with a small cage containing one ice method. No longer sure of who you are. Okay. <laughs> dun dun. Um, the lizard man who doesn't know his name. <laughs> yeah. Very cold lizard man. Yeah. Slightly confused <laughs> why he can't recall his name. Uh, takes his method uh, and 
where are we going, boss? Are we going to live forever and be good buddies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go, you know, attack that that uh, Rudy Petrusian. <laughs> oh, return the winter back. <laughs> Do I have to die? You might be able to destroy it just with your cold breath. Okay. <laughs> so, um, take him up. Try to get, try to keep him as far back as possible from the heat. That's a good point. Um, and see if he can't hit it with his cold breath. Okay. And see what that does. All right. Woo. Nat 20. So uh, I've written here for the sort of range of effects of the instant monsters or trap monsters that are nat 20. Uh, it is instantly killed and the, the uh, attacker suffers no damage. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think the ice method just sort of uh, turns ethereal and becomes his ice breath flows straight through this thing pierces it uh with an icy hole appears out the other side and says <laughs> and flies off off into the winterscape this thing rapidly uh deflates expelling fire uh from every sort of orifice from this main heat source as it dies and uh rots and yeah you know? <laughs> uh and yeah the the winter reforms around it almost instantly and okay and no one died yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, Funk Kelt is going to go. I think uh, uh, you see this sort of the water flow back into this uh, basin, essentially. And now this, there's this new hole through the center and the water just flows down. <laughs> makes this rushing waterfall under, deep under the under the ground. Okay. Uh, Funk Kelt is going to get out of the winter as quickly as possible yeah, yeah. because it's cold and dark <laughs> is, and, yeah. and, and dreary. And he, he's a lizard man. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, the lizard man formerly known as Funk Kelt. <laughs> <laughs> Which season next? Um, well, if fire was, you know, if winter was perverted by fire, the next one that, you know, that makes sense for him to go would be summer because it's probably going to be associated with winter. Correct. And again, he's not a big fan of cold. Yeah. Uh, that has been a consistent character trait for Funkeld. <laughs> so uh, in summer, we've got the chrysalis of this creature. You see high on the tree, uh, literal ice chrysalis uh, has grown uh, this enormous uh, insect-like uh, transmutation chamber. Hmm. Well, if it's icy like that, radiance seems like it would heat of some kind, and mm. radiance would be so sacred flame. <laughs> Once more, can't deck save, but this, the radiance does no damage. Well, radiance is sort of life magic, mm. and not doesn't have heat in itself. Mm, true. <laughs> <clears throat> you got that flame strike there, though. <laughs> I was considering that. Mm-hmm. And- and the thing is, I could get really far back and cast that because it's got a range of, like, I think, 120. Yeah, 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 it comes from the sky as well. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. How many castings do I have? Maximum three. Yeah, I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. Just... With that, the chrysalis is no more. <laughs> uh, this warm uh, sun, summer scape. You see all crops. You can see uh, uh, some summer summer rain, old uh, creek. There's a deserty zone as well where the, it's gotten just too hot. Uh, but, yeah, it causes... I think Funkelt, uh, just by his nature, would sit and enjoy for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think killing it removes the icy seal on the waterfall that is flowing out through the winter. So now that that is reinstated, like a pool fills up here. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I want it to, I would love it to have, like, sort of kept changing as you go through the dungeon. No, now this water level's raised so we can go to this place or something like that. It's no, always, no. always fun and annoying, but would probably take more. Yeah, yeah. More it, serious mapping of this than I have done. Yeah, no, the, the, for a more serious version, uh, or like if you wanted to do this as a, multi, uh, a multi-session dungeon, um, you probably would have uh, things where you'd take seasons and have them at least be two-stage. 
Yeah. So you might have them kind of force them to start in one rotation. Yep. Kind of uh, remove the first effect, get a feel for the season or, or what the season's mechanics might be. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, okay. You know, do do. But then you have like a a puzzle like you need to go to autumn. Yeah. Um, or go to winter and grab a seed, then plant it in spring. Yeah. Water it in, uh, you know, water it in summer, and it will have grown up high enough to get to a new place in autumn. Yeah, there could be, you know, just any number of interactions going on yeah. here that could make it a very, very long, intense dungeon. Right. Very and cool. You, you could have, like, you know, to, to plant the seed, you have to remove, you know, there is uh, an ank hag yeah. in the way if you're using something like low level and you know easily accessible. Uh, a remo has in winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could use like you know it, it, it's there guarding where you need to plant the seed. Yeah, and you know in the spring. So okay, <laughs> bonk bonk by ank hag. Um, then you know in you know in summer maybe you know there's you know there's a a monster you know. A, a saber-toothed tiger that attacks you while you're trying to get the water. Yeah. You know, or a, a giant crocodile yeah. in the area where you could get the water from. Oh, yeah. I've um, got a list of all, all season-appropriate animals. Catablepus yeah. is my autumn one. For the, yeah. the Catablepus, the enormous sort of warthog brontosaurus yes. that loves rot and yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, the the other was uh, the other two, uh, which one of which is vulnerable to radiant damage, you'll be pleased to hear. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got the egg of the creature. The strange uh, alien-like eggs that actually end up looking like growing vines, uh, because oh, insect eggs yeah. get really strange. Yeah, yeah, uh, especially like gall wasps. They yeah, can get yeah. like the easiest way to describe some gall wasp uh, egg sacs uh, for me is um, they look like sweet gum balls. <laughs> but I don't know if people outside of the U.S. would know what a sweet gum ball is. So they're they're a, they're a fruit, but they're spiky. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you end up with this like orb with these spiky protrusions yeah and you get some very insane ones yeah. ones that look like um little oh. candy pop flowers even yeah some... yeah there was one that you sent recently where it was the main ball it was you know ball like with these you know tentacle like protrusions kind yeah. of spiky tentacle like protrusions coming off the main ball was kind of like this angry red inflamed like you know like a bad zit yeah well it looks like a, a rendering of a virus or something yeah yeah and then it had these little protrusions these yeah. pink yeah protrusions it looked literally looked like somebody had taken a electron microscope of some virus yeah. and then colored it psychedelically yeah as they often do because science is weird yeah <laughs> so in autumn the season of of death and decay instead you have this source of life which looks like this at first glance like a killer plant almost like it's got a flower head and viney tentacles but it's actually the egg sac of this creature so that's vulnerable to either acid or necrotic the two elements of autumn and then in autumn you've got uh, um, uh, a zombie like no in spring sorry you've got a zombie like infection uh, yeah. of the parasite controlling things and that is the uh, vulnerable to your radiant or your fire or you know yeah the, the elements of spring air yeah. i think i'm gonna have um funk Hilt go and take care of autumn next. yeah um <laughs> Let, let, let's get that knocked out. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like all the pathways are blocked in autumn by these life living roots, like life giving tentacles, essentially, uh, like an anemone almost. Is that yeah. what some of these ghouls look like? Is anemones? Sea anemones, not yeah. land anemones. <laughs> are there land anemones? Well, that's a, <laughs> one word for flower is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I've just uh, right? never heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't either. Flowers. It was a recent, yeah. Um, I remember collecting seed. Periodically, I'd catch sea lilies when I was a kid, <laughs> which are, of course, I, um, I think they're uh, related to starfish. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not too far a stretch of a um, sort of 
a similar thing either because you know corals and anemones also have tiny creatures living in them that's oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. sort of outer casing of a, yeah, of a creature especially, especially like coral a lot of corals actually have um they literally have a algae and, and stuff living inside them even though there are certain well aside from that they're like a jellyfish like yeah. structure in the center that grows yeah. the hard coral armor around them yeah and when you get into like the, the weird things nature can do like there's certain um nudie branches which are a type of sea slug mm. where they're literally hybrid entities where they've got they they've uh they've actually eaten algae and put it into their tentacles yeah and they're actually it, it survives there in those tentacles and feeds the creature via photosynthesis yeah and you know it, it's it's a it, it's still a living animal it, it still does all the things it still eats and stuff but part of its energy comes from eating but not killing algae yeah and receiving photosynthesis it's very as, cool i yes. would love to have that as a human you know oh my god <laughs> boutique biosynthesis of algae so you can feed off the sun but that something like that would make a great boss for this dungeon something yeah. that can look like like an animal a mineral and a vegetable all at yeah. once and so you're chasing oh. this thing through the seasons like what the christ is these are all these things they're all one of the central entity that you finally see at the end yeah all right yeah so let's go to fall yeah so i need to find something that deals necrotic or acidic damage for fall i think for earth element damage yeah. possibly force as well maybe but you know yeah it's a stretch yeah um okay again funk health uh, there are myconids all over the place you can talk to them and get them on side that's i imagine there's a catoblepis oh. hanging out in the in the swamp and like <laughs> with its death ray ghosts violet fungus veggie pygmies as well these are the sort mm. of for fall animals i had imagined I have bad memories of uh, veggie pygmies. Yes. Um, I think I might talk to the myconid. Obviously, these these roots probably aren't good for their society. No, entirely. you can see these yeah these green anemone vines sort of growing over and eating, consuming myconids. Yeah. So I'm going to try to talk to. Uh, I'm going to uh, approach one. You know, try to make myself look as friendly as possible. Um, you know. I'm not going to be carrying my gun, like, charging out of, hey, let's be friends with my gigantic yeah. fuck-off rock bone club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how can you make yourself look friendly to a mushroom, but not doing that is probably a great start. I, I figured I would I would try to, like, make sure that I had my hands visible. Um, and it's yeah. like, what are hands? <laughs> yeah, true, true. But, you know, just, yeah, trying to, trying to, uh, uh, trying to uh, speak to it. I guess I'll first uh, approach it and do you, do you speak common? It says whoop, 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 like an old Doctor Who alien. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try Draconic and Giant as well. Cause I don't know what language they do speak by the Monster Manual, but this one doesn't speak any of them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he speaks Muppetese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The alien from the Muppet. Muppet. <laughs> um, I guess it's Sesame Street, the, those, uh, the little aliens that go Yeah. I point to the roots and you know i guess i'll try to sign language stop doing oh. bumping the table oh yeah i'll try to sign uh i guess i'll do a game of charades with yeah. the mic in it yeah where i'll like try to like make a charisma check funk it's very crazy. actually make a make a um, um nature check nature check yeah damn <laughs> that's neat <laughs> Uh, that's a mushroom <laughs> the, the myconids uh, uh catch you and feast on your bones <laughs> the end the tree was unsaved uh ideally if we had a, a boss we'd be able to go fight that as well yeah and we'd switch characters but let's move on to the duck dynasty okay that's the concept for the season's dungeon that one's done okay 
Duck Dynasty was again inspired by the little dice you can get that have rubber duckies in them. I, uh, you th I threw some dice, and that was the layout of the dungeon. Little different ducks in each <laughs> each room. Okay. So my my triumvirate of of Nightshade, Sif the rabbit, and Arcadia the pixie all enter. Nightshade is the owl. Okay. Break time. All right. Break time. Yep. Here's some ads. Yes. Buy things and stuff. So we're talking about the Duck Dungeon, we're talking about one of the encounters we're going to run real quick. Uh, we're just discussing some of the mechanics, and they're archer fish. And I'm thinking what I will do is... Um, Real-life archer fish shoot water out of their mouths right. and knock bugs off yeah. ledges. These ones have bow and arrows. <laughs> yes! And, and, and can still spit water and knock you out. Um, so what I was thinking is maybe uh, I'll have you have your player, the players roll um, a perception mm -hmm. and versus it's uh, opposed to dexterity. Um, since it doesn't have hide as a skill, so it would be you know, a dexterity skill. And if they see it, then we can do a, you know, a, initiative, or they don't get advantage on their attack rolls. Mm. If they don't, then they do. Yeah. See, so I would do. You've got the dungeon rounds, the ten minute rounds, and at the like, the archfish are going to act as moving traps essentially. Mm. Okay. During that time, okay. so they won't attack until the players get out onto the water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah onto yeah, the right. first puzzle, which you know. You enter this large, dice-shaped room. Go past a tree, this old uh, temple. There's duckweed everywhere around the sides. Uh, there's huge lily pads. There's a, a, a roots of some tree coming in through the side. Uh, and you can see a log passage to the north. It appears to be the only uh, way in this room is to cross the water somehow. There are large lily pads sort of arranged in various patterns across okay. the water. Well, Sif is the only one who can't fly. Sif can also jump very, very well. So yes. roll a d12 and add it to her movement. One! <laughs> so one extra foot. Uh, <laughs> she has bad strength because she's a dex fighter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that is initiative. <laughs> Nightshade and, and, and Arcadia float up into the air. Obviously, uh, uh, Sif jumps to a, a lily pad and the archerfish strike. Yeah, I guess let's have them roll to see if they uh, see them. Um, uh, this will be a e easy perception by Nightshade and Arcadia. They will both see them. Okay. And let's if no, hoo hoo. Yeah. So um, we won't do a surprise round. We'll just yep. start. Uh, so I'm going to have, I think we're going to have two of them because uh, they're not too tough. Yeah. And I'm going to have the first one uh, shoot a bone arrow out of its mouth. Mm. Uh, and miss horribly. Uh, they're both going to go after Sif because Sif looks like they might be able to. Yeah. And the other one is going to squirt a jet of water. Uh, what's Sif's AC? Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, that is a miss. Mm. <clears throat> I guess the water wings uh, wings her you know, shoulder shoulder, not hurting, but you know maybe forcing her to like what the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sif can see uh, the lily pad sort of uh, spread out too far to. To, uh, jump. The idea here is that they the lily pads work on a Newton's cradle design. So you map mm. this out, and you'd have some lily pads uh, close by, and others very far away. So you'd have to work together to jump to one, uh, uh, get onto the next one, and have someone else jump to that one and bounce you across the room. 
Okay. Uh, this would happen while you're getting attacked by the fish because uh, we have no recourse here, basically. Uh, <laughs> we have no ranged weaponry. <laughs> Nightshade can attack, uh, but it's at a disadvantage with the with the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they would be in water, so that would give them an advantage on their AC. Yeah, so instead we're all going to try to leapfrog across these uh, okay. lily pads. Well, I'll have them keep attacking. All right. Uh, since they are designed to be archer fish, and they yep. do not have that problem. Um, they're still going to go after Sif, uh, and two more misses. Excellent. Sif's going to uh, add an extra 12 foot to her jump, <laughs> uh, clearing the first uh, area entirely. That's a 20 foot jump she gets. Okay. Pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, jumping to the next one, uh, imagine sort of three such cradle challenges. Okay. At this stage, she doesn't even need Nightshade and Arcadia to help. help. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So go again. Fish. <laughs> Miss. Choo, 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 choo. Yeah. <laughs> more water now. Uh, a 19 strength check with an extra seven foot jump. So she's, <laughs> yeah, easily leaping lily pad to lily pad. All right. You've got one more shot. Come on, Archer Fish. Uh, 19, you said? 19, I said. Ooh. <laughs> You're gonna take a hit. Sip's gonna get hit. Is this the throwback? The pushback? Yes. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, eight this... points of damage. Yep. And uh, make a deck save, which shouldn't be. What's the DC? 13. Yeah, fail. <laughs> you pushed out 10 feet into the water. Yep. Sploosh. <clears throat> oh no, this is the great killer of PCs of any level. <laughs> the great agnostic level killer is water. <laughs> it is. Don't. What is it? Dave, the famous uh, statement in D and D: Don't never get on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sif, uh, uh, she's going to use. Oh no, uh, her giant, giant rune uh, to try and get some height. Uh, will okay. that make it easier? That will make it harder to get out of the water onto the lily pad. So she's just going to harder, struggle yeah. and try and make a uh, dex check to regain uh, her footing for her whole turn because attacking in the water is not going to work. Yeah, yeah, I, I think fail. <laughs> okay, that's a two. So she's at the mercy of these two archer fish. <laughs> All right, I think they're going to. Uh, Oh, they would look at advantage. Uh, they will. They will look at advantage. Considering, like, technically she's been pushed into water, so yes. All right. So we've got a, we've got one hit. <laughs> Damn. For, uh, t uh, gets bitten for 12. <laughs> as a, Yo. as a, uh, archer fish takes a big nip out of <laughs> Sif's foot. What do these things look like, by the way, now that I can I see them? I was thinking they, they looked very similar to actual archer fish. Mm. So actual archer fish kind of look like a... Um, like a stereo, knife blade. Yeah, so, a yeah. knife blade or... Uh, I've oftentimes thought of them as looking vaguely like a uh, a partially formed arrowhead. Yes, like a half, point. half an arrowhead or something. Projectile point yeah. is the proper yeah. term. Sorry, that is very, very, very specific. But no, they've got... If you think I was of, also imagining them to look like traditional archfish, except they're sort of bent round into yeah. a vaguely humanoid posture with armor and bows and arrows. <laughs> I, I, I just thought you thought of them. I thought of them as just having instead of like the little fins that they actually use to swim. Yeah, beefy arms. <laughs> <laughs> they could keep their bows. Yeah, <laughs> give the flip off the two finger flip yeah, off yeah. of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got of the mine. attributed to the old archers yeah. in medieval. Yeah, uh, if you don't know why. Uh, British people do the the thing where they get the raspberry and they whip the two fingers up as an insult. It's an old rumor that um, yeah, longbowsmen, yeah, yeah, yeah. longbowsmen back in in the times where longbows were a great weapon. Yeah, when they wanted to um, to show they still had their fingers for firing more arrows. Yeah, yeah, they, they would they would do that to show you like I still got mine. You haven't stopped me yet. That was the 
And uh, oftentimes- Why would they be able to see you at that range anyway? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was oftentimes they, it, you know, long bowmen that had been captured, they would cut off their, 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 the two fingers that they would use to draw the back of the arrow. I have heard that. I don't know how true that is, but I, that, again, that seems like a good- it, it seems like something that would be likely. Yeah. Uh, also, it seems like something would lately be fatal. <laughs> yeah, it's not the not the best time for written history. So no, no, and it, it's it all gets sort of you have to take it with a, a grain of salt. Same thing with the clear bottom on the tankards. No one knows why. Many myths. <laughs> um, yeah. So Sif is struggling. Uh, that was your turn, correct? Yes. Uh, so she's going to uh, disadvantage try and get up and out of the water again onto the lily pads. Uh, she cannot catch a break today. Wow. Uh, my highest is a nine. Heck. <laughs> I would imagine that would at least require a... I was going to say like a, a 12, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Arcadia is going to uh, flutter over the water and send some magic missiles. I can't miss with that. Okay. Take this, damn fish. Eat magic, fish. <laughs> um, Suck force, evildoer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what she says. <laughs> uh, eight damage. Uh, so four each. Okay. Okay. Did that seem to stop them in any way, shape, or form? Nightshade uh, has a projectile. Um, they they do not seem horribly injured. They seem annoyed, though. What is the rule for if an object has to hit the water and keep going to the target? Because in real life, they stop moving as soon as they hit the water, more or less. Projectiles. Unless you've got a spear. No. Well, it would, it would, I would assume that you'd just roll with disadvantage. Well, because there's that effect, that famous, yeah. that they show in all the science textbooks, the refraction effect of yeah, where the, the fish is. Yeah, I, I would state that you'd, you'd treat the creature as if it had um, full cover. So disadvantage. Yeah, that's nat one on Nightshade's <sighs> energy blade. Yeah. I don't know why I studied these so hard. They don't even help me out once yet. <laughs> uh, how about then Nightshade will flutter near the water surface to help Sif on the next turn. Go, okay. Archerfish. All right, uh, we have another bite. Uh, so My lucky rabbit feet. <laughs> yeah. My ra lucky rabbit stumps. <laughs> <laughs> How much damage? Um, another 12. Oh, I'm really low. These little muffins are still at level five. I didn't level them up at all. So <laughs> Sif's now going to make a non-disadvantaged roll with Nightshade's help to get back up on the lily pad. Easy done. Whoosh! <laughs> Jumps out of the water night, grab the night chase talons. <laughs> the little arrows of the... <laughs> Some arrows. Fishmen. Giant, <laughs> giant holes in the you know, jump. Yeah, yeah. And we jump to the uh, huge fallen log that uh, connects these dice-shaped chambers and progress to the next one. This one is quiet. As you enter, there is uh, low light in here. Little fireflies buzzing around this uh, strange-shaped room. There is just a single lily pad in the center and doors to the east and west. What do you do? I think I'm going to have um, Nightshade. I'm going to uh, uh, just say that uh, a couple healing words are thrown around to bump Sif <laughs> yeah. back to a more sustainable health. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have uh, Nightshade um, take advantage of their uh, good perception abilities and yeah, roll. see if it's actually as quiet as possible. And I might have uh, both Arcadia and Sif help so that we get advantage. Uh, good. I was going to say it's dark and you won't otherwise. Yeah. Actually, um, Sif and Arcadia don't have dark vision, so I don't know if that'd be able to help. So just roll straight with Nightshade. Okay. Uh, that's a uh, plus eight. No, plus five. Plus five. Oof. Well, that's still a one. That's only a 23, so. <laughs> yep. Nice. I, I think he's uh, aware of. You can see this lily pad uh, doesn't progress down under the water in a usual way. Sorry, this is disadvantage because it's underwater. <laughs> roll again, please. I love water. 
Very good. 21. Very good. <laughs> uh, it doesn't progress down in the usual way. Instead, it has a huge sort of um, stomach underneath, and it's got tentacles. Ooh. This is a bladder wart, uh, a, a large version. Our versions are not this big, uh, but they create a, a vortex of suction for anything that approaches them. Insects, obviously, usually. Uh, they get sucked into this underwater stomach and drowned. Ooh. Okay. All right. How do we avoid that? Because this is just a trap monster. Yeah. This is the sort of the only way to cross uh, to the doors east or west is to get on this large central lily pad to get the appropriate distance. Okay, well, that's easy for uh, Nightshade and Arcadia. Yeah. They are all, like, small, so I don't know yeah. if together they could lift Sif. Yeah, I was going to say. I'd give a flat strength, and they both have negatives in strength. Arcadia has minus three, and Nightshade has minus one. Minus three? Yeah. I think it's worth a shot. We could try to lift her <laughs> before we go out. Yep. Uh, which way are you heading, east or west? Um, you can see more log passages. When in doubt. Roll it out. Uh, odd east, even west. West. Go. All right. So that's the plan is to go west first. Uh, uh, this is just a flat roll. Not no. Advantage, sorry. So take that 16. Okay. 16? Yeah. Minus uh, three? <laughs> I'd say minus two because it's the difference between both their minuses. Okay. Yeah. So 14. 14. With a 14, uh, you get just to the door and then drops it in the water. And there's a, a, a vacuum sound that happens as she is dragged uh, towards this thing. Uh, but you have a turn. What do you do? Uh, we'll try to grab her and uh, I'll have Sif try to get out. Yep. So that'd be a, probably just a deck state. Yep. Uh, that, that is a, negati a negatory there. Oof. So then I'll have uh, Nightshade and uh, both Nightshade and Arcadia try to pull her out, which I guess would be strength again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sif is dead. <laughs> okay, make an attack roll with Sif. Okay. As she's swim, uh, disadvantaged underwater, swims towards, gets pulled inexorably towards this tentacled gullet. Uh, might actually hit. Uh, uh, plus eight to hit. Plus eight. Uh, okay, so take the lower. It's still a 20. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Driving her uh, giant rune encrusted sword uh, into the stomach as it swallows her. Uh, she takes, uh, since it is a medium sized enemy, that will be d6s. Uh, she takes five acid damage as the thing is destroyed. <laughs> okay. It's been a bad day for Sif. It has. <laughs> Sif is not, not liking it. Um, Arcadia offers some healing word again, although her spell slots... She's out of first level spells. She's yeah. got two, two, and one, three left. Uh, Sif says, it's okay for now. <laughs> Just hold off. We'll see what's next. <laughs> uh, in the next room, the next uh, odd uh, hedron-shaped room of this mm -hmm. duck temple uh, there is a huge bud sitting in the middle of the water as you approach it opens into this immense gorgeous lotus uh, rainbow sheen comes off it in the air everyone make a wisdom saving throw <laughs> uh, Arcadia tw nat 20 mm -hmm. uh, nightshade will go with uh, 11 uh, plus 2 so 13 yep. and Sif <laughs> nat 1 <laughs> Plus 956, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking that's not a success. This is a hypnotic pattern uh, from the Lotus. Uh, it's been Sif's deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some pterodactyls swoop down from the Sif and attack. All right. What do these things look like? Okay. We've got a nat 20 on initiative, though, so that's working out. Uh, so... 
strange creature dropped from the sky. The man-sized beast looks like a cross between a huge goose and an ancient, uh, ancient flying reptile and the personification of hatred itself. <laughs> it has a large, dark, large dark brown, leathery wings and a, lar- a long bony crest like a boat rudder. Its feathered back is a deep brown. Its front are a light tawny color. Its neck and bill are black, and it has a large whitish patch behind its eyes. It... Uh, it has a pair of rubbery, flipper-like feet. Its bony bill is filled with either pointy teeth or the edges of the bill. It's serrated, giving it the appearance of teeth. And eyes that look just like pure madness, just pools pure of black anger. madness. Just the one pterodoc- pterodactyl, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes, pure anger. Yeah. Uh, so James wanted me to do a, a hybrid monster. He recommended a, a, ter- a pterodactyl-duck hybrid. And I thought of one of the classically most hated animals on the planet, the Canadian goose. If you're from North America, you hate them too. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, birds, dinosaurs, very close, but pterodactyls, dinosaurs, not no, so close. No, no, so they're, this, they're... this is a weird uh, chimera lizard bird fusion, yes, really. Yeah. Yes, in, in truth, it's like, you know, if it was a duck raptor, yeah. it would be essentially just a proto bird. Yeah. Um, you know, this would be like, you know, it would end up being sort of an archaeopteryx, actually. Yeah, but, but these are not. These are leathery, no, feathery no, monsters. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, you all will go first. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to spend our turns making wisdom saving throws against this flower. Uh, uh, I, thought, uh, I thought Arcadia and Nature. Correct. Uh, so Sif succeeds <laughs> oh. uh, spending their turn. Uh, Arcadia is going to cast third level magic missile. Okay. <laughs> that was one too many. 21 damage. Okay. <clears throat> Suddenly thump into the into this horrific nightmare. Seems angrier. Honk. Yes. Uh, you said 20, 21? Yeah, and she's got a healing word uh, at second level. Sif. Okay. For a grand total of two health. Oh, plus her whiz as well, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Plus wisdom. Sif is just just seeing um, sort of Zen Buddhist <laughs> uh, uh, mandalas floating through her her, her personal world. Nightshade is going to fly up and engage this thing. Try to meet it <laughs> midair. <laughs> okay. For a two. <clears throat> Miss. All right. Pterodactyl. Show me what you got. All right. Um, I'm going to have it use its terror quack. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to have it use it on Nightshade since he's uh, very close. Uh, pterodactyl glares and loses a mighty quack. <laughs> All creatures that can see the, the pterodactyl with... Oh, it will kill everybody. Within 30 feet. Sorry. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, make a wisdom save. DC 13. Uh... One success. One success. That okay. can be Arcadia. Arcadia is, uh, uh, I think, just done. It takes no damage and is immune to the Terror Quack for 24 hours. <clears throat> uh, Sif and Nightshade are uh, take 24 psychic damage. 24? Yes. And are frightened for up to one minute. Well, Sif is dead for one minute. <laughs> Nightshade is barely hanging on. <clears throat> she's She's unconscious. <laughs> And Sith takes her turn to not die. Yes. <laughs> Success. Okay. Um, Nightshade and Arcadia are going to grab Sif's body and fly as fast as they can in the opposite direction. Arcadia is going to throw up a minor illusion okay. uh, on her turn. I guess, what a goose, like... Uh, I think just another one, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To yeah. intimidate and, and stop its progress. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, make a insight check with this pterodactyl. Uh, I don't think that's going to be really <laughs> With minus four intelligence. Yeah. Woo! So, uh, so does it 12 pass? <laughs> no. <laughs> the DC is 16. Excellent. Okay. It will uh, dive attack its new um, its new foe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I imagine they do a sort of, you know, standoff first yeah. to dance around. We're going to use that time to escape and heal up and <laughs> enter the boss chamber instead. <laughs> Go the other way. <laughs> well, we're not going to heal up, actually. <clears throat> we're going to take a, a short rest in, in this next room. We probably can't because there's pterodactyls around. But let's see what the Scarlet Drake has okay. got. Uh, we enter the final room, uh, a cosahedron-shaped duck pond. Uh, ancient crumbling masonry, haggard shafts of light fill this royal chamber with a <laughs> duckweed throne, and on top of which, what do we see? A majestic crimson-crested duck-like creature, roughly the size of an oxen, floats on top of the water with a haughty, arrogant demeanor. It has a conical horn-like nodule on its bill and fleshy whiskers hang down from its the from just behind its beak. What d did you bring me? The mighty Antelian creature says in a booming series of quacks. <laughs> <laughs> I may have mispronounced that, but it is... It is no, that's cool. correct. No, that's good, I think. Okay. I think that's correct, yeah. What did we bring? Heck. Uh, <laughs> Arcadia. <laughs> Sif offers uh, uh, their giant inscribed sword. Uh, and sort of bows <laughs> before this creature because it will absolutely destroy us. <laughs> there is one chamber off to the side, I will say, one final room where you can see a golden egg, presumably the the um, driving force behind this adventure. Yeah. Please let us leave your mighty magnificence. We are humbled by your divinity. Okay. Uh, may roll. I roll a uh, advantage persuasion check? Yeah, roll a persuasion check. Um... They're yeah. all doing it, you know, yeah. they're all yeah, supplicating yeah, yeah. on oh, yeah, one yeah. of these lily pads. You can see now the floor of this chamber or the, the pond of this chamber would have been not only a horrible duck battle, but another lily pad Newton puzzle. Okay. Uh, that's a six and a nine. Nine, <laughs> ten, eleven. Eleven. Let's... What's that thing's charisma? Nineteen. Yeah, that's not, gonna, that's, that's not, you don't need a roll, I don't think, to beat that. No, no it's, that's a twenty-three, so. Okay. You. You insult me with such trivial trife. Look at my majestic hoard. What do we see? <laughs> Duck. Stack of bread. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have brought. Damn. Okay, Sif bangs us all on his shield and grows to giant size. Uh, <laughs> uh, four initiative, though. It is all for show, for they are seriously damaged. <laughs> 17. All right, uh, use this thing's best attack so we can see how it looks. All right. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'm going to use its quack attack. Um, <laughs> Scarlet Drake lets loose a mighty flaming quack, a cone of fire, <laughs> erupts from its bill. Each creature must make a uh, constitution saving throw. What's the DC? Uh, 15. Uh, Sifu fire, the other two parts. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Sifu will take... 17 thunder and 17 fire. That's a good attack, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, it's a recharge attack. Fade um, to black, let's just say. <laughs> Why don't you read the lore that you've written for that amazing monstrosity? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, the others would take half damage. Yes, but yeah, that would destroy them also. Oh, okay. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. So the first one I put, uh, and probably part of the reason is... Uh, when a duck, when a dragon loves a duck, mm -hmm. dot dot dot. Yep. Um, Scarlet drakes are the hybrid offspring of a red dragon and a duck. Inexplicably, red dragons are naturally attracted. Ducks and red dragons are naturally attracted to each other. <laughs> just because I'm like, no, no one knows why. This is just happening now. Yep. Um, <clears throat> ducks are notoriously like horribly horny creatures. Yes. Yep. Uh, that was the other reason yep. I was sitting there going. In fiction, dragons are as well. So yep. it's like. 
They recognize yes. something in each other. Game recognizes game. <laughs> you're the horniest mythological, one of the horniest mythological creatures. Yes. Yes. And you're one of the horniest. Non-mythological, yeah. Yeah. Real animals. There's the there's that one, I think it's a um, marsupial in Australia, that they basically breed to death, the males. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Unsure. It's a it's a rare rodent like I think yeah, it's a rodent yeah. like marsupial. I think it's in Australia. I could be confusing. It's either a rodent and it's in like Asia or Africa, hmm. or it's a marsupial and it's in Australia. It's here in Australia. Uh, I know it's not in the Americas. <laughs> this does create a horrible fiction where they have sort of compatible parts as well. well uh, ducks and dragons, which are, ducks would actually, not be insane. They have very strange shaped things going on. Ducks are one of the strange birds that they don't have cloacas the males actually have penises mm. corkscrew shaped yes terrifying cor- barbed corkscrew shape yeah. um and the ducks female ducks vaginas tend to actually corkscrew in the opposite direction to prevent rape trigger <laughs> e but yeah like ducks are terrifying yes <clears throat> don't, don't look them up after this yeah it, as cute as they are it's like when you start to really look into their breeding it's like oh god yeah god why the fuck <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you ducks Ducks like quack. (laughs) Stay there. No. But yeah, and it kind of goes with dragons because you know how you know in in fiction. Yeah, they are. Well, there's a million half dragon varieties in the monster manual as well. It makes sense. It is well justified. Anything can be a half dragon. Um, So, uh, so I I should you know hybrid uh, red dragons and ducks are naturally attracted to each other, inexplicably. But the ducks. because they are just birds, rarely stay with their serpentine lovers and generally immediately abandon them after their tryst. If the duck is impregnated, it will lay one egg. The female duck will raise the scarlet drake for approximately six months before abandoning the scarlet drake. If the red dragon is impregnated, it will lay a clutch of up to a dozen eggs. It will raise their duck-like offspring for several years, training them to be guardian to be a guardian of its draconic mother. Scarlet drakes are mighty and prideful creatures with personalities that favor their draconic ancestors perfect yeah no so these are these are our ideas if you have better ideas please for the love of god send them to dungeonomicon at gmail and we will do them yes. instead <laughs> i think that's about all we got time for this episode so yeah. anything else you want to say no um yeah i think that that that, that about sizes it up um that was fun yeah we should actually start thinking about i have to go through and edit some of the monsters we've featured because uh sometimes i word bad <laughs> sometimes um i think i think you should also like upload them to either yeah. your twitter or instagram mm. or the dungeonomicon yeah. instagram which should exist doesn't exist but it should yeah yeah, yeah. We, we might have to do something like that yeah um where we can upload that would also allow people to have uh you know the, another thing we should probably encourage through for emails is if you want to draw some of the monsters or the dungeons and your interpretation yes please do uh, yeah please do um we should i can really, upload my pictures but yeah the fans are always better yeah yeah i i think there's there's well there's also always like i think there, there there's something fun about seeing other people's interpretation of what you're doing like i have kind of a picture of what i imagine the scarlet drake to look like in my head hmm. which is kind of like you know what if rubber ducky but dragon <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's like what if i magic carped the yeah, you know, yeah, rubber ducky yeah <clears throat> no uh, i've got a fat little duck drawn here he's got a crown on that's yeah. my picture <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that, that, that's kind of the thing. So you know, if you've got, if you want to do fan fan art and, or draw some of the creatures or uh, other stuff, that would be awesome. Um, I, I can promise you, uh, I will never upload any art um, <laughs> because I can't draw. Uh, um, 
or I guess technically anyone can draw. Yes. Just not well. <laughs> not everyone can everyone draw Everyone well. has a personal, unique style, I think is fine. It's all fine. So stick figure cats? <laughs> you, can stick to, you can stick to your, your monsters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because they are what you do best. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do... Uh, well, not drawing. Uh, I, I do writing, yeah, yeah, making yeah, yeah. monsters, but um, I won't try to draw. Uh, cool. That'll be it from us for this episode. So as we say every time, Sid. Uh, send, send fan art of our uh, monsters in dungeons. <laughs> Yay. And characters. <laughs>